Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a glass ceiling shatterer. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today, in 2016, Hillary Clinton became the first female nominee for President of the United States by one of the majority political parties. She was officially confirmed as the nominee at the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. The Democratic National Convention is held every four years as part of the process of choosing a Democratic nominee for president. The first Democratic National Convention was held in 1832. In 1853, the Democratic National Committee was established to oversee the convention and the nomination process. Aside from formally nominating the president and vice president, the convention is also used to build a comprehensive party platform and unite a group that is often fractured after bitter primary fights. Pledged delegates from all 50 states, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands convene with superdelegates, representing the Democratic Party, writ large, all meet, and cast votes to determine who will be the party's nominee for president. Both the Democratic and Republican national conventions mark the end of primary season and the beginning of general election season. In Philadelphia in 2016, the nomination of Hillary Clinton was officially clinched at 6.39 p.m. when 15 of South Dakota's votes were recorded for Mrs. Clinton, pushing her over the necessary 2,382. She needed 2,382 delegates to secure the nomination, and South Dakota put her over the threshold. The final count turned out to be 2,842 delegates for Clinton, 1,865 for Bernie Sanders, and 56 no votes. In a speech later that evening at the convention, her husband, former President Bill Clinton, called Hillary the best darn changemaker I have ever known. He came on the stage about 10 p.m. to speak about his wife, to uproarious cheers from the crowd. He talked about poignant memories from the couple's 45 years together and worked to dispel the negative imagery that the Clinton's political enemies had painted of his wife. He even alluded to the Clinton's notorious turbulent marriage, saying that his wife had stood by him in times when he thought nobody would, and that she would show the same dedication to her people and her country if elected. He ended up speaking for almost 40 minutes. Later that night, Hillary Clinton shared two short messages to her legions of supporters on Twitter, Stronger Together, and simply, History. Later she shared one longer tweet, This movement is for every little girl who dreams big, accompanied by a video of the convention. She was consistent in emphasizing the importance of her nomination to women and girls everywhere, who may have political dreams but be afraid of joining a world so heavily inhabited by men. Every time a woman secures a nomination or a political seat, it's a reminder to young girls that they can chase their dreams and hope for equal treatment in the future. Although the nomination was made official on July 26th, Mrs. Clinton had been presumed the nominee for a few months as she edged ahead of Bernie Sanders. Sanders proved to be a good sport about losing the nomination, working to unify his supporters behind Hillary Clinton for the hopes of a unified Democratic Party. 
Though Sanders and Clinton were not entirely successful in unifying their support bases, both politicians put forth a lot of effort to find common ground and appease the differing sides of the Democratic Party, split between progressivism and centrism. Clinton had also attempted to secure the Democratic presidential nomination in 2008, but was beaten by Barack Obama. When she lost the nomination, she stated, We weren't able to shatter the highest, hardest glass ceiling this time, but thanks to you, it's got about 18 million cracks in it. Clinton shattered that particular glass ceiling on July 26, 2016, making it one step closer to a woman one day becoming president of the United States. Unfortunately, the 2016 election in November would prove that the ultimate glass ceiling is still unbroken. Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton in a shocking upset that roiled the nation and sent many Americans into protest mode. After Trump's four years in office, the political pendulum swung back once again when Joe Biden was elected president of the United States. Though Joe Biden is, of course, a man, we did shatter one glass ceiling with this election. Kamala Harris is the first female vice president. Now, let's talk about music. Today, in 2014, the Canadian band Magic got a number one hit with their debut single from their debut album titled Rude. Though Nasri, the lead singer of Magic, had written many songs for other artists before, this was his first song that he sang and wrote himself that became a hit. He'd previously written hits for Justin Bieber and Iggy Azalea. The song had actually come out years earlier, in October 2013, and again in February 2014. The original release in October was as a promotional single, and it was re-released in February through Sony. Though it never reached number one in Canada, its country of origin... It did top the charts in both the United States and the United Kingdom. It ended up being the ninth best-selling song of 2014 and won the Juno Award for Single of the Year. And now for the final segment of today's episode, I'm going to be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a July 26th in my life. On July 26, 2018, I went to Times Square. Now, as a person who lives in New York, Times Square is actually my nightmare. Um, It is my least favorite place in all of Manhattan. I hate it. It terrifies me. It scares me. I avoid it at all costs. But in 2018, I went to go get a pair of flip-flops, I think at some store. I didn't know where else I could go to get flip-flops because at that point, I was not familiar with Manhattan. I still am not super familiar with Manhattan because I don't even live there. But I now know that Times Square is hell on earth, to put it lightly. I don't know why. It just makes me anxious. It ruins my day whenever I see it. But I, you know, I'll probably have to go back there at some point. I don't know. There's probably like things that I'll have to do in Times Square. It's cool in doses. I would not go if I had the choice to to not go. I Yesterday I had, to, I had a lift that drove through Times Square. It's like... Okay, I will say, it's the most fascinating people-watching experience. Like, I was glad to be inside of a car, but it's really hilarious to me. Like, the number of people that go to just take photos of, like, ads, because that's essentially what it is. But it's it's really fascinating. Like, I wish there was a documentary of just, like, clips from Times Square. I don't want to have to go there, but I do want to see what's going on in Times Square with the people. I don't want to see the ads. I don't want to see the bright lights. I want to see what the people are doing, what what the what the Elmo photo op person is doing, what the, what the Spider-Man who doesn't have a good costume is doing, you know? You know what I mean? Eh, anyways, I went to Times Square in 2018 on July 26th. Thanks for going back in time with me, and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from the past.
It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's